Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. For former QVC spokesperson, author, speaker, and host of So What? Why It Matters podcast, Nancy Hicks, this year, the holiday season will be especially hard. It's the first holiday season without her oldest son, David, who passed away in May of this year after a courageous battle with colon cancer. For the past several years, Nancy has spent her time teaching around the world, inspiring people to live fully alive. Now she's inviting them to live fully alive in the midst of great pain as she shares openly and vulnerably about her own journey through grief and death. Welcome, Nancy. I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast. Angela, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me in. Well, we share a very similar name of our podcast. Yes, we do. Ours is mine is the Make Life Matter and yours is So What? Why It Matters. So I love that. I do too. Kindred spirits. Well, I want to thank you for joining us to shed light on what it is like to face this season as we head into the holidays, as the Christmas season Mm. is coming while you are mourning. And so many of us identify with this deep loss and pain after the last 18 months. So first off, Nancy, just share a little bit about David. And uh, I want to know, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but for Mm. those, those who knew him the way that you knew him and loved him, what was he like? Tell us a little bit about his story. Well, uh, and let me just say this right out of the shoot. I, I speak about David in the present tense mm. and I don't want to confuse anyone, anyone who's listening, but I, I want to, uh, emphasize because if you are a follower of Christ, he is more alive now than when I could touch him and hug him and smell his cologne. Mm. So I don't, I don't want to confuse you, but I speak about him in the present tense. So David is an amazing young man. David, um, full of curiosity. He intellectually just astounding. He he did a triple major in his undergrad. He, uh, uh, studied a year abroad at Oxford. Mm. He was doing a double major in public policy and law at Harvard in graduate school. Um, so the intellect was, was there a ball of fun, uh, loved music, very creative with his music and an amazing chef. So he and I would cook a lot together in the kitchen. We would sit down at Christmas. We would sit down at any of the holidays and plan the menu together and be cooking, literally cooking phenomenal food together in the kitchen. Um, And uh, David is a guy without borders. He, before going to Harvard, he actually lived in Shanghai for two and a half years, Mm. spoke fluent Mandarin and uh, absolutely loved the globe, loved, just forget boundaries and borders, loved people. Actually, we got amazing uh, emails from judges that he had worked for. He was studying public policy and law because he was going to go into U.S.-China relations or mm-hmm. international trade law. And uh, when he passed away, we got incredible emails from Harvard professors and judges that he had worked with talking about the impact that David had 
on their lives. Like so much. So they were wondering one Harvard professor had said, you know, I was wondering if I was ever going to make a difference in anybody's life at this Mm. school Mm. until I met you, David. So David loved people regardless of of their faith, regardless of hostility toward Christ, regardless of, of socioeconomic status, regardless of, of, uh, of tribe or creed or or race did not matter. He, he I'll tell you, the man was just a relational magnet. Mm. Adore him, adore him. And so that's a little bit, just a little bit of, um, of who he was slash is. Mm. Yeah. Incredible son. My older, we have two boys, David and Aaron, and David's my older one. And he passed mm. away of colon cancer. So I I imagine that was not an unexpected death. And yet, as we've pastored for 30 years now, Nancy, I don't care if if it comes in a moment unexpected or you've been preparing. I, I feel like you can never fully prepare. Walk us through his cancer journey a little bit. What was that like? Yeah, so David, um, and this is critical too, because David was so healthy. I mean, he exercised, he was fit. He was such a clean eater. Like he did all the things, you know, that, that you, you want your, your kids to do that you yourself want to do, um, cared very much for his soul, his spirit, his body, every part of who he was. Um, and so it was after actually his first year of, uh, of grad school at Harvard that, um, that they were suspecting something was a little awry and sent him in for a a colonoscopy, which they suspected because he was 26, they suspected was going to be nothing. Um, And as it turned out that very day, they discovered a tumor in his colon. Mm. So, and at 26, I mean, in fact, the oncologist said to us, this was up in Cambridge, up in in the Boston area um, of the US. um, The oncologist said, "I, I treat 400 of these a year. I treat two of you, David. I mean, this is, un- we don't see this, wow. but he said, we're going to throw everything we have at it. We've got lots of clinical trials. We've got lots of therapies. We've got all kinds of things. You, I'm going to die way before you do David. Hmm. So, um, so after two years, COVID hit in the middle of this, by the way, um, and in fact, uh, Harvard was the first university to, to shut down and send everyone back to their country because it's such an international university. Sure. Um, and Cambridge was a ghost town. So David did come home and he had not lived at home for seven years, although he, we were so connected as a family, so close. Mm. He certainly was coming home and we, we went to China and Japan to see him. And, um, but, uh, but he came home and he continued his studies, even during chemotherapy and the scans and the surgeries. Um, over the course of two years, the final year, he actually lived here in our home, the home that he grew up in just outside of, of Philadelphia. And um, they had done everything possible. He continued his studies at Harvard. He, he actually built and founded an organization called CRC Change, which is continuing on uh, uh, without him. Mm. Um, to fight, you know, uh, bring awareness and to fight colorectal cancer, cancer in, uh, uh, in young people. So he was just, he just continued to move forward in this whole time, but nothing worked. Mm. And the co- and the tumor moved uh, from his uh, colon to his liver. 
to his lungs and back to his liver. And um, after three years, my husband, of course, it was during COVID and you couldn't have your whole family or your friends all around you during this. So he would Mm. have to go down for treatments. And this one day, my husband was with him. It was in March of 2021 and things weren't working. And David just said to the oncologist, you know, (laughs) all right, this didn't work. This hasn't worked. Kate, what's plan B? And she said, David, there is no plan B. We've done everything we can. It's Mm. hospice. Mm. And David was 28. Mm. And my husband and my son just wept together. I've been married to my husband, Cam, for 31 years. And the four of us are tremendously close. And my younger son, Aaron, David's brother, uh, is married to Rachel. So the five of us walked this journey in an uh, unreal way, really. But it was uh, outrageous. And the word I I choose to use, um, Angela, is uh, horror. Hmm. It was an absolute horror. And it felt demonic to watch my son go from this healthy, strong, brilliant, vibrant, full of life, vital young man with all of his life ahead of him to being devoured by cancer Mm. in an age where we think medicine and knowledge and all kinds of things, this shouldn't happen where we think that that can actually uh, halt such a, such a catastrophe. It didn't. Mm. And on May 1st, um, David breathed his last. Mm. And uh, it was, I mean, in many respects, uh, we certainly have the hope of course, of eternal life. And this is when it really matters, right? You're like, okay, God, is it true? Yeah. Is it true? Mm. Um, it, uh, it has shaken us to the core. No question. You know, a couple of things. We have a son, we have two children. My Mm. son is 21. Mm. So it's, um, as I'm listening, Nancy, I'm just, Mm. it's very difficult to, um, put myself in the shoes that you have walked and, I'm so sorry for, for the loss, the, the great, great loss. He's, he, I, I don't even want to say he sounded, no. he sounds it's amazing. like an amazing, amazing he man. Is. And I'm, I'm a musician. So I think about mm. him in heaven right now, probably doing some kind of music and cooking up some kind of feast and what that's going to be like. Um, we were married on May 1st. So mm. that's my anniversary. Oh, so wow. Here at that date. So that'll be another special thing for me that I'll remember you every time May 1st happens. You know, this is very fresh, Nancy. This is not, not that we totally ever just moved to where we would forget something that happened, or I know the pain at times shifts or changes over time. I don't believe time just heals. Um, Dr. Leaf says heal, healing heals. And of course we have our faith in Jesus Christ that heals but this is very fresh for you. This is not a 10 or 20 year old wound that we're talking about. So I want to talk about how your faith played such an integral role because you're describing words like it was a horror. Yes. It devoured him when we're not minimizing in any way how traumatic this is. And yet at the same time, you're able to sit here and talk to me to, to have hung on to faith. I want to know even just personally, not just my listeners, but talk to me about your faith. Nancy, talk to me about what made the difference for you that you held on to who God was 
when probably there were moments that everything screamed at you that maybe he wasn't as good as you had thought he was. I would love to hear about your faith. So I need to preface it by saying I have loved God my whole life. We have a pastor at the church where where we worship, and both my husband and I are leaders and have been for years. Who would take a baby at dedication and say, "Father, let this child never know a day when they don't know you, where they didn't know you." I was one of those children. Hmm. I don't remember a time where I was not starry eyed for Jesus. Like Hmm. I have loved God. I have been a leader. I preached my first sermon when I was sixteen years old. Wow. Now I worked in the marketplace, like you described in my bio. I did. I worked in the marketplace. I was a singer on the stage in Canada. I was on air with QVC as a spokesperson, but always a leader in the church, always helping people where regardless of where they are on the spectrum of faith, non-believers, atheists, and, you know, very antagonistic all the way through seasoned, tried followers of Christ. So I will say, Given that my, uh, my relationship with God, and again, this is at month five for me, just about was shaken. Hmm. You know, everything you ever believed about God gets whipped up to the, into the air when things like this happen. And a great counselor who was part of Larry Crabb's group, uh, Dr. Larry Crabb um, said, be very careful what you choose to put back in regards to God. Mm. Because these are the times in our lives where a lot, where God is sifting stuff. Yeah. You thought this, you believed this, you sang a lyric mm-hmm. in a worship service that said this, God is my protector. There's an example right there. You are my protector. I have walked around my house wailing, saying, you are not the protector I thought you were. Mm. Now, did I cognitively know that, theologically know that, theoretically know that? Of course I did. I know about the Holocaust. I know other people have lost their children. I know COVID has hit the, the whole world. I know this. We know this. Mm. But when you, when you are face to face with it and everybody, you've got thousands praying, God has spoken particular words over the situation, prophetic voices, and it, it does not go the way you had anticipated. Yeah. You sit in that. And so I will say for me, um, things definitely about who the living God is have been, have had to get uh, clarified. Um, I have, it is a real relationship. Therefore, mm. uh, the words that have come out of my mouth, there were times that I, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how could you, Abba? How could you? Yeah. I mean, you know, just the, the, the heart that is so when someone you love so much that you've relied on your whole life, my Abba father, the one that I crawl up into his arms and he holds me. He was the dad I never had, the dad I never knew. That is my God. And when something like this happens, you're like, oh, hold on now. I have to reevaluate some things. But what I, what I have not done, for a little while, I couldn't sit in my prayer chair. I couldn't. 
I was like, but I found that prayer organically came up because in the end, though I have sort of gone like this, like, ow, to God, sort of turned my shoulder and gone, ow, I, I can't sit right now with you. Mm. I cannot sit with you and just weep and wail. That's my worship. Um, Pay attention to the grief, pay attention. God has been quite quiet in many respects. Mm which I've learned often is the first language of the living God silence. And some theologian, I can't remember who the theologian is Mm. said, yes. And anything other than silence is a poor interpretation. Mm. We have to be very careful. So a lot has gotten sort of sifted and refined and clarified during this time. But ultimately I have said, like Peter did, where am I going to go? Yeah. You hold the keys. Mm. You hold the keys to life. Mm. I'm going to face life and death. It's all inevitable. I'm going to face it all. Am I going to face it? Walk, turn, what, run away from the God I love and have loved my entire, I could, I suppose. I just mm. can't fathom a world in which I don't love and worship the living God, the God mm. of the, of the Bible. I can't imagine a world in which, can I be angry? Oh yeah. And I am. Can I be disillusioned? Absolutely. And I am. Mm. Can I be desperately hurt? You better believe it. And I am. Mm. But can I ultimately turn my back and say, never again, will I bow the knee? Absolutely Mm. not. Mm. No, I cannot. I will not. Mm. What a powerful word, Nancy. I'm just... And those of you that are listening, if you're watching, you're seeing her face, but the intensity with which you talk about this God that you have described that you were starry eyed for as a young girl and the thought of not having him in your life is not a thought that you are willing to entertain. I'm wondering if something has emerged, although it's only been five at the point this air six or seven months since you've lost David or since he's now in heaven. What have you come to know about God that you did not know prior? Mm. I think, in fact, right now I'm writing a keynote talk and, and I'm, you know, I speak at retreats and conferences and preach, et cetera. And I, of course, had to go through my keynote talks and go, all right, now in this season, what am I prepared to stand up and really speak? Sure. And I crafted a new one and I was just working on it before I, I came on this interview. Um, and I think it's not so much things I didn't know about God as much as God. And I think this is what God is doing in this season, Angela, for all of us. It's not just me. I think for all, I think COVID, this mass exodus of the planet, mm. this major wake up call. I yes. mean, you know, we read the scriptures. We're not stupid. Right. You read the scriptures and, and it's like, yeah, the, the groaning and the pain of labor and, and the sifting of the saints. I mean, good Lord, look up. Yes. You know, we're not asleep here. We're awake mm. and we must be awake. And yes. so for me, I really feel like, all right, it's not a matter necessarily of, of, um, of, I didn't know this about you, God. I think it's really more, again, I use the word sort of a laser focus. Hmm. It's like, I'm all about the kingdom. I'm all about keeping my eye on Christ and his kingdom. Hmm. I am all about helping people, you know, come to life. That's my thing. 
Mm. Um, but I think for me, and I have felt this sense of urgency for a long time, even before David was sick, but now I feel like, now I just feel like, okay, let's get really clear about some things. You know, here's one, here's one of the things that again, it hasn't been something that's brand new. It's just a reminder. God is infinite. There's an example. Yes. We think we know so much. We're prepared to live and die based on some of the things we think we know about God that by the way, we're wrong about. Sure. Yes. We're prepared to fight and rip a capital apart. We're prepared to, to devour our brothers and sisters in Christ and tear their good name and Christ's name down Yes, for things that don't even come close to being on God's radar, actually. Right. right. Like, let's, let's not do that. Like, let's put first things first and keep first thing, the first thing first. Let's, yes. let's like keep it in sight because I'm telling you, there is coming a time where, I mean, Christianity is being shaped and reshaped. Yes. There's a radical decline in North America, which is one of the reasons I speak around the nations. Right. Um, because of the gospel booming in other parts of the world, you know, yeah. India and, and Africa, et cetera, South America. But in North America, it's in radical decline. Mm. And part of that is this divisiveness, this division in the church for all kinds of issues. And God is infinite. God is going, why are you bickering about these things, my children? Yes. You don't even know what you're talking about. It mm. doesn't even matter. Mm. That doesn't matter. That yes. so does not matter. <laughs> now, these things matter. Who Christ is. You know, the life, death and resurrection of Christ. Yeah, that matters. Yes. Go after that. But the other things you're going to fight about those. No, please don't. We don't have time for that. We don't. And I agree with you, the sense of urgency. I was leading worship a few weeks ago and the Holy Spirit dropped in my and my heart. Temporary is fading. Mm. Temporary is fading. I mean, Jesus is coming. He may be coming Tomorrow, he may be coming a hundred years from now, but he is coming. And so all of these things, as you were sharing those things, we really, they become distractions. They become diversionary tactics of the the enemy enemy. loves it. Yes. The enemy loves it because he's just, he's fine. If we just fight with each other and get derailed in meaningless conversations and and the scripture tells us that don't get derailed by these meaningless conversations that don't amount to anything. And Paul says, keep the main thing, the main thing, which we just said, I'm going to preach Christ and Christ crucified and him resurrected. And if anything, these last 18 months, like you said, have crystallized that this is a very temporary destination. This is a very temporary destination. And and like you, I love to travel overseas. I've been to Africa Mm -hmm. close to 20 times at this point, Mm -hmm. as well as other countries. And, you know, you get on that plane, you know where you're going, you have your boarding passes, right, Nancy? So we would never think, you know what, my layovers in Amsterdam, my layovers in Paris, I think I'm just going to forfeit the trip I'm supposed to have and go ahead and just camp right here in the airport. At this temporary place, this temporary stop. But that's what I feel like so many Christians are doing is we're, we're so focused on the layover. We're so focused on the temporary destination that we're losing sight of, listen, you have a boarding pass. If you're a believer and if you're not a believer, God wants to give you that heavenly pastor. Don't get so fixated on the, who would want to stop at a layover or worse or worse, 
you're in the plane yeah. and it's, and it, and it goes a little haywire because you're going Come through on. some turbulence, right? Mm. Pastor to pastor. If the thing is shaking. Yes. Buckle up, buckle up. Who on earth is going to say, open the, open the emergency exit. Now I'm jumping out. Who's yes. gonna, don't do that. Yeah. Like stay on the plane. Yes. The pilot's in charge. Yes. Breathe. Stay calm. Yes. Call, go ahead and cry. Grab your puke bag. Do that. Mm. Puke, puke. You need to puke. I need to puke. Yeah. Wail if you must. Mm. Stay on the plane. We're headed there. And let me tell you this. I'll tell you, uh, Angela, my son, David, who, again, brilliant. He's like, you know what? I feel like the Lord uh, gave him such incredible clarity as Mm -hmm. he was stripped of everything. This life holds dear. Everything. This life goes, wow, look at him. You know, he was gorgeous, handsome, brilliant, fun. I mean, just, he was everything. And let me tell you something that was all stripped away. And Mm -hmm. as it was getting stripped away, my daughter-in-law said, mom, her name's Rachel. I can see the core of who David is more and more emerging. And David said, you know what? Whether it's eight years we get on this planet, 28 years, he died at 28, 58 years, 98 years, it's all a breath. It is quick. Eternity, there's a continuity for the follower of Christ. There's a continuity of Mm. life. My talk is called the inevitable portal to life, which is death. Mm. We all have to cross through. We all will die. That's right. But for the believer... We have to go through this inevitable portal called death into the fullness of life. And my son, David saw that and he was not afraid to die. He said, I'm not afraid. Mm. I'm not afraid to die, which gave me great comfort as his mother in some ways. And in other ways, I was like, no, no, I was not ready for that. But the facts, the fact that he said, the fact that it's true, 28 to 98 to 8, to 58, whatever. Mm. It's all but a breath. It is going quickly, my friend. It is going so quickly. Mm. Teach mm. us to number, teach us to number our days, right? The scriptures say, give us a heart yes. of wisdom, oh God. Yes. Mm, it's so powerful. And I the, the wisdom that's coming out of you right now, even the prophetic voice that's coming out of you, Nancy, because even in the midst of your grief, mm. You are, you are speaking life and you're speaking truth that this life is nothing but a vapor. And we, we love those that God has entrusted to us. We don't minimize in any way, but at the same time, guys, you, as you're listening, we have to remember that this is not all there is. This is, we are just temporary passing through and let's not lose sight of eternity. If anything, eternity has become more real in the last 18 months to all of us. Some of you listening, you are still currently in a lockdown. You still, you're losing loved ones. You know, I I talked to someone who lives in a different country and she said, Mm -hmm. we are dying a million deaths over here. And she didn't just mean physically, but just in every way. And it's like, you're saying, Nancy, everything that we would have propped ourselves up with yes, the crutches we held on to the, the pretenses we were believing, not pretenses about God, but the things that we tend to run to as our support in place of God. Yes, Like you said, all of the externals, I'm going to have enough education. I'm going to be wealthy enough. I'm going to be, none of that is going to protect or, or insulate us Mm -hmm. 
from death or eternity. And what matters so much, what matters most is where we will spend eternity. And I, I'm just so grateful that that is the message that you are sharing with us because we can't change. We can't change what has happened and we can't change the fact that we are all going to die. What we do have power over is where we will spend eternity and how we will live this life to make a difference and to make this life matter. You know, Nancy, we're coming up on the holidays and I know for you, it's going to be the first holiday season that you are experiencing without David. I want to just talk about that for a few minutes. What do you believe? Tell us, just be as honest as you want to be. What is helpful to say and what is not helpful to say to people that are grieving, especially as we move into the holiday season? Mm. Uh, I think, um, I think one of the most helpful things that I have found is people just being, and and I'm struggling, I'll be honest, I'm struggling with this right now in my life because people who are in my life, Hmm. including those who walked this tragedy with us and those I love deeply, generally, I don't feel right now at month five that they get it anymore. They Hmm. just, and I love them, but most of them don't get it. And here's the question I think that would be really helpful for you to ask. What is it you need from me today? How can I, how can I support you while you're grieving today? Do you want to talk about David? Do you want to talk about what he used to love? Ask questions. Mm. Don't teach us. Don't teach if you, if you have a propensity to talking and explaining and teaching, zip it. Hmm. Likely, not always, my whole thing, because I am a teacher and very verbal, um, is to not speak or, or, or offer any advice, but to ask the person what it is they need. Or do you need for me just to listen? Or is, it, is there, if you want something from me, would you please ask for it? Meaning if you want me mm. to, to talk about God, a particular question or facet of faith, right? Then, then I I'm invited into that and I'll speak. Mm. But if I am not, I'm not just going to imagine that they want my wisdom because that gets really annoying, especially for those of us who, who really have taken a lot in and you have a very low, low um, threshold for much. Mm. Around the holidays, when there's so much glee and joy, we all know there's also a lot of pain. And uh, but I think I think to 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 really uh, tone down the glee around the person who's mourning and ask the questions: How how can I? Uh, love you. How can I support you today? And it's not the same every day. Cause sometimes mm. the person mourning doesn't even know, like, let's just start talking. And if I feel like the topic is too much, or I feel like your energy level is too high, I'm a high energy, optimistic go-getter. That's Nancy Hicks live. My ministry is called Nancy Hicks live. I'm a live wire. I'm passionate. Okay. But when I'm mourning, I spend a lot of time alone. And if people are too intense and too high energy around me, I just need to go. I got to go. 
And it could change in five minutes. I may be okay for now. And then all of a sudden I change. So I would say also ask. Another thing would be um, tone it down around them. Another thing would be, please talk about the person that has, that they have lost. Do not forget. I am not, I want to talk about my baby. Yeah. Like I want to talk about the food we love to cook at Christmas. I want to talk about the fact, oh my gosh, here are the ornaments that uh, I had been giving him year after year for his tree when he Mm. had his own home. Mm. I want to talk about the fact that we were going to go to Norway as a family. I want to talk about some of these things and, um, and so I think asking questions, cause you don't know, you have no idea the person themselves don't, they don't know what they're going to need from one moment to the next. So just check in with them one day, one hour at a time. That's so insightful. That's so helpful. As you shared that, what do you feel like Christmas will look like for you? Do you envision putting up the, the ornaments for David or making some of his favorite dishes what, or, or, or will you know that when that moment comes? Uh, I will absolutely enter into the highest holiday, Christmas and Easter. Those are the high holidays for yeah. followers of Christ. And my feeling on the matter is David does not supersede Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, David, David is my baby. David is my beloved firstborn son and David is not Christmas. Family is not Christmas. Christ is Christmas. Wow. So let's keep it in perspective. Let's keep first things first. And so for me, um, it may look like I spend more time alone. It may look like long walks in the snow by myself. I don't know exactly. Um, but I, uh, I imagine that decorating the house as I do, will it look the same? I don't know. Probably not, but it's okay if it doesn't. Yeah. But I imagine still being celebratory and bringing in light and marking the holiday season Mm. is going to be very important Mm. this, this Christmas. Mm. Uh, And I do think, I do think um, one of the quotes that I have in my book meant to live and that I teach about, I have a, a course called awaken and the third module in the course is, is, uh, is called meant to live. It's meant to live and embracing life. And the quote is the extent to which you enter into the pain with God, into your pain with God is the extent to which genuine life is released in you. They are equal in measure. Mm. So I think much like Christmas, you know, incarnation is what we get. God entered into the human condition. That's good. Right. God entered into the dust of the earth Mm. and the extent to which we too enter into, I'll use myself as the example. I I enter into the desperate pain of, of not having David here physically with me for the rest of this one life. Mm. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. That's awful for a mother. Yeah. I don't even like the thought of that, Angela. I don't like the thought of that. I don't, it makes me feel like anytime now, Lord, I've outlived my son. Like, just, just take me anytime. Mm. That's the truth. So if I can enter into that pain, this holiday season with God, 
the incarnation of Christ, that is my becoming acquainted with the living God. Mm. And then I trust him with the results. I enter into that with God. And it is the extent to which, because they're equal in measure, like a pendulum swinging, Mm. is the extent to which genuine life in God's time will be birthed and released in me. Mm. Those results, I don't have to manufacture life. I don't have to put on a perma smile. I don't have to jack up the music and get myself happy. No, I enter into the pain. I do my part. God has invited me to this. Mm. I go with God on this journey of pain. I trust the living God Mm. and he will birth life in me in due time. Mm. That is the hope. That's my, that is my strong conviction in Mm. this season. Mm. That's so powerful. So powerful. I will probably never forget what you just shared that as much as we love our families, the things we hold dear, nothing supersedes Christ. And for many of us, this holiday season will still look different. It's not exactly what we're still wanting as we're traversing 2021. I think whatever we thought normal may or may not have been is probably not going to be a hundred percent ever like that. Again, we're going through to something new and you, you used a phrase in the middle of what you shared. I, I push into the pain and with God, Amen. I trust. So this is whatever you're facing right now. If you're listening, whatever you're facing at the holiday season and months and years to come, the secret is with God. Yes. He became flesh and dwelt among us, which is the whole point of Christmas, right? Nancy, that is the point is that he came, that he dwelt among us, that he made a way for us to be reconciled to the father. That is the point of why we are celebrating. And because of him, we have hope because he came because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's how we can hold on to hope, even in the middle of grief. Jesus understood grief. It said he was a man of sorrows. He wept. So he doesn't chastise us for grieving. Hey, just fix your eyes on eternity. Don't think about this. Like you said, some people just don't get it. We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things or we withdraw because we don't know what to say. Can we just encourage us? All of us are hurting in some way. And the holidays can highlight pain. So be kind to those that you talk with. Nancy's encouraged us. What do you need from me today? Think about someone who's lost someone this year to COVID or to something else. You know, and as you're sharing, Nancy, we have words like widowed and widower, and we have yet to develop even a word for a parent who has lost a child. There is not even a word. It it hurts my heart to say it, but I, we don't even know what to call those who are now in this, this club. They never wanted to join. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. I've never thought of that before. Go ahead. You, you keep going, keep going. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I I have friends that have lost children, some to illness, one to suicide, one to Mm. a terminal illness. They took care of her for many, many years. And some even older, you've outlived your children, whatever age you lose a child, Mm. we don't even have a word for it. That's how much sin has 
invaded this life that we live because this was never God's intent. Maybe you're listening and saying, what kind of God would do this? Well, God doesn't do it. Sin. We live in a world that is saturated by sin. It's broken. It's frayed. It's flawed. And so to trust that God is still who he says he is in spite of pain, he does not promise us that we won't have pain, but he does promise his presence in the middle of it. And as what you're hearing from Nancy is his presence is enough. You are meant to live and maybe you've lost someone and you're listening to this and tears are literally rolling down your cheeks. I want you to hear that you were meant to live. You still have purpose. You still have value to the kingdom of God. And, and Nancy, I wish, I wish we didn't even have to create a word. Mm-hmm. I wish this didn't even have to exist, but you're living your life in a way that not only honors David, but first and foremost honors the Lord yeah. and it give, and brings him glory. And I know heaven is probably sweeter now than ever, but I ask all of my guests this, and I know David will be the first person you will want to run to, but other than Jesus, who in the Bible Can you not wait to meet in heaven? Who's really inspired you most to make your life matter in this short window that we call our time on earth? Well, I will whittle it down to just one because there are so many, obviously, but I'm going to say David, not my son, David, King David, Mm. King David, because I have always been first and foremost, a worshiper. Yeah. And my first, uh, you know, career was on the stage in Canada, um, classical music and lots of concert work in musical theater. And um, I, I think the being undignified part really, I, I really like that. Mm. That I, we said to our boys all their lives, you need to your entire life be able to minister, to serve, be confident with, be humble in the presence of kings and janitors all your life long. The entire spectrum. And I think that I think when I think about King David, you know, um, he was raw. Mm. God, you and, and, you know, I can't tell you Psalm 63, how one to eight, how I would recite that over and over and over and over in my bed. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I mean, he's just like, God, I need you. God, I love you. You know, and that is the thing, um, the with God, like that's all that we can really count on when it comes to God is that is God the incarnation God is with us that really is but you know you can't mm. you cannot rely on an outcome that's good that is the truth i mean people don't want to hear that name it and claim it no no right here's the gift here is the gift the treasure you seek it's him yeah it's god and so i think david got that i think king david in the full spectrum of his life from this little runt of a kid, you know, ruddy cheeked and mm. in the, in the pastures with the sheep and the music and the, all the way to the King. I think that spectrum, that full spectrum of life and of experience um, gave him this gorgeous multi-dimensioned experience, yada, knowing of the living God. Mm. And I like that very, very much. Mm. I get it. Mm -mm -mm. So with God, that is what we, that's the true gift 
Mm -hmm. that he gave us, that it's his presence. It's his relationship with us. Don't tether yourself to an outcome, tether yourself to who he is and trust him, not an outcome or or a circumstance. Thank you, Nancy. Wow. What an, what a riveting, powerful conversation this has been. It has marked me. It's going to stay with me. I know it has been deeply impacting for our listeners. I would love for them to know how they can connect Mm -hmm. with you before we close. You have the book meant to live. You're a dynamic speaker. They can invite you and you have an event coming up in February that I'd like for our listeners to know about. I do certainly, you know, on the website, there are lots of resources, nancyhickslive.com and my, you know, my social handles, Instagram and and YouTube and, and uh, Facebook are all Nancy Hicks live. And yes, we do. We have an event coming up. If you're in the you know, Philadelphia area, I actually, I think there are some people flying in from Toronto. If you're able February the 5th, Saturday, February the 5th, if you have lost someone that you love as I have, we are going to have an unbelievable day on that day, the Saturday uh, in the Philadelphia area. And that event is called blue And my inspiration is Picasso's blue period. Mm. And it is going to be a day of honoring, honoring the one you, and because that's something else, you know, Angela, that we haven't been, a lot of people feel robbed, ripped off. Like we didn't get to really give them the kind of ceremony, the people Mm. that we love, we've lost them. And, And because of COVID, we didn't get to be there the way we wanted. This is going to give a day Mm. on February the 5th, that Saturday, the entire day to honor the person that you have loved whom you have lost. So it's called blue and I'm, I will be leading that live. Mm, it's going to be and, powerful. Oh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it, I suppose is not the accurate term uh, phrase, but I really am because I just want to be with other people Yeah, and um, hold hands and say, come on, we can continue. On. Yes. What a day that's going to be yeah. a day. That's going to be a powerful day. Nancy Hicks live.com is where they can find you as well as online. You're going to want to connect with her. You've just gotten a taste. Listen, I know this conversation has deeply impacted so many of you. I know Nancy would love to hear what a difference is that's made. So reach out to her on social media, connect with her there. If you want to join her for blue, I want to share this truth that matters as we close before Nancy prays for us. And I want to read something that she has on her website that, that had resonated with me when I read it, when we truly walk by faith and not by sight and the kind of faith that she's been describing today, giving up our need to see and know, but instead trust in a someone capital S rather than an outcome. Our faith is transformational. It turns fierce This is the faith that can withstand anything. You know, Nancy loves to share from Lamentations 3 when she speaks. And so I want to close with these words, starting in verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I'll say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Mm. Nancy, thank you for all that you have deposited into us today. Our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers are with you and your family. As you walk through your first holiday season without David, but the the reminder that you've given all of us today, that the real reason we celebrate 
is that God is with us. He's with us in our pain. He's with us no matter what we're dealing with today. So Nancy, thank you. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for the way you're speaking life and reminding us that we are meant to live. I pray God's richest blessing over you as you're such a carrier of his glory and Mm -hmm. just would love for you to pray over our listeners as we close. Angela, you are an absolute. Mm -hmm. There are too many words. I want to choose the right one. Gem. Mm -hmm. Like royal gem. Mm -hmm. This has been a tremendous gift. I mean it. And I've done a lot of podcast interviews. This has been a gift to me today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean it. Thank you, Nancy. I would be honored to pray. Lord, uh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. This day, O God, shall it be known that you are God and that I and that we are your servants. You are God. You are infinite. And we bow the knee. I submit to your authority. God, we submit to your boundless love. We submit to your way, okay. Oh God. We submit, oh God. And Lord, as we uh, move through this time for some of great, great excruciating pain. Oh Lord, we become acquainted with you more and more. And we really do in a sense in the spirit world and sometimes in the physical world, link arms and take the step forward that we need to with you, with one another, with your bride, the church, with those who are clamoring, looking for you needs you desperately, would you, oh God, help us, help us to be humble, help us to be open across boundaries of every kind, oh God, open to you, the living God, keep our hearts tender as we move through this season. We pray humbly in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.